Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 today I'm going to be drafting from the first spot in a mock draft. And pretty much this was something that a couple of people asked me about and really a good amount in the comment sections in some of our uh, listener league mock drafts that you can get into by just joining the Discord. This was something that was asked in a lot of just different videos in the comment sections of all the videos. Really, it happened at least probably once in each of them in the Fantasy Football 2020 playlist. Check out that playlist as well if you're just finding me. But we're going to be drafting from the first overall spot. I think another suggestion was drafting at the turn. So in a standard team, 12-person PPR league draft, drafting at that turn, you get the 12th and 13th overall pick in the draft, then you're always drafting back-to-back. I think that's something that I will archive for a future idea. As always, let me know if you have any video ideas down below. I have pretty much like a list of, a running list of 50 topics that I'm feeling for that week or that day when I'm prepping my videos, but there's been some really good ones that we've been uh, brought up. Zero running back strategy, zero wide receiver strategy. Those are some things discussed in the Discord that we ended up making a video on. And now this one, drafting from the first overall spot, what the strategy will be, where I'm trying to go with it. The first pick might be pretty easy for you, but I'm going to be using Fantasy Pro's Mock Draft Simulator. So pretty much I'm just drafting against the expert consensus rankings. I'm drafting for so overall, as the video title is probably going to suggest. And I appreciate you being here. So my name is Sal Vetri. I cover fantasy sports in a variety of different areas. Obviously, we're getting pretty deep into the fantasy football season with the upcoming preseason just a couple months away in August. Really, June and July is when people start to really crank down into uh, their research for fantasy. We're here ahead of the game in April and May, depending on when you're watching this. Maybe it is now, June or July. So it's time to get caught up. I have a ton of videos in my playlist on fantasy football here. There's going to be over 100 of those videos, well over 100 by the time the season comes. So be sure to get just caught up with a lot of stuff there. I'll have all of my rankings and everything out in mid-June. So again, depending on when you're watching this, my website, my draft guide will be all out. I spent months putting together work. There's loads and loads of information in there. It's only going to be $10. You can find that linked down below come mid-June. I'll link it up in all of these videos. Thank you for being here. If you get any value from a previous video of mine or this specific one, hit the big old subscribe button that just popped up on the screen. If you're listening on the podcast, take a second to hit the subscribe button on this podcast. Leave a review if you would like. I'll, I'll be featuring any of the reviews on the podcast at the end of the videos. So I appreciate appreciate that. Thank you all so much. So as always, we do a question of the day and I have a question. Who are you going to be taking? Let's say Christian McCaffrey and Saquon go off the board in a redraft format. Who are you taking between Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott at the third overall pick, assuming that Saquon and now Christian McCaffrey are gone? Would you take their Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott? Let me know down below PPR format, 12 team drafts, we'll call it down below in the comment section, get a little conversation going around that. So I could start this thing up whenever I want. The second that I draft my first overall pick for this draft, and it's likely going to be McCaffrey, as my rankings are going to suggest, it'll kind of go all the way through the rest of the picks. I'll kind of talk about what's happening there, but it's against expert consensus rankings in the entire industry, not just fantasy pros rankings. Everybody gives a consensus pick on their website or their individual personality, gives it to fantasy pros. There's like 80 consensus in here. So it's airtight in terms of you're going to be drafting against all experts at that point. So I'm going to start this thing off. Yes, Christian McCaffrey is my number one overall pick. I do think Saquon Barkley is very close, as I've said in multiple different videos. I know that Christian McCaffrey is on sort of a different tier for a lot of other people. I have Christian McCaffrey and Saquon both in the same exact tier for overall players and also for running backs. Those tiers are also going to be available in my draft guide that will be out shortly. But that is something that I think a lot of people just assume McCaffrey, he, his floor is the safest, I would say. Saquon has dealt with some sort of injuries, although I would say that McCaffrey and his size and the workload of 400 plus touches that he had last year, 403, might actually be in line for some sort of bad luck, if you would say. But Saquon has had some sort of issues. The offensive line is improved, but there's still some shakiness there in terms of what this offense looks like. Again, they never were fully healthy last year. So I think there's a huge ceiling. I think the ceiling is higher for 
or Saquon if you're talking about taking a step forward. That's just because I think Christian McCaffrey hit the ultimate ceiling last year. That said, Christian McCaffrey has the safest floor in fantasy football. Saquon Barkley's floor might be RB8, RB10 with some sort of an injury. If they both stayed healthy for the entire season, I really do think they're going to finish one and two, barring any some sort of Aaron Jones type 19 touchdown season that McCaffrey also had last year. So give me McCaffrey first overall, but I want to at least point out that it's a lot closer than people expect. So I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey overall first, and we're going to see what happens off the board. I do not yet pick again until pick 212 and 3-1, the end of the 12th round, beginning of the third round. And from there, we're going to see what we get. So let's kind of analyze what happened here. So this actually goes McCaffrey. Kamara goes second here in the expert consensus rankings. Kamara is my fifth overall running back, and I'm very tempted to make him the sixth overall running back and bump up Joe Mixon even again to top five for me. Joe Mixon is my sixth overall right now. I'm kind of tempted to put Joe Mixon, who went 11th overall in the first round of this draft. I'm tempted to put him fifth above Kamara. I'm not yet going to do that, but we can see who went off the board here. You can see four running backs to start. Six out of the first seven picks were running backs and eight running backs in the first round. So eight out of 12 rounds or eight out of 12 players were running backs in the first round. You can see at the turn, Ezekiel 25-17 gets Julio and Tyree Kill. I've seen that a couple times now loading up on the uh, running backs. I'm not too sure that I agree with it, but I'm just taking all the players that just went off the board, off the board right now. So I can actually see what I still have to deal with here. And you can see a lot, a lot of players are gone. A lot of running backs are gone at this point. I mean, we had eight running backs go in the first round alone. We had six more. So 14 running backs are off the board, but I want to get a running back, at least one here. You have to, otherwise I think you're shooting yourself in the foot at the turn because then you got to wait another 23 picks. So let's see what we have on the board at running back right now. I do think there's some decent wide receivers also available. I'm seeing Kenny Galladay, who's my fifth overall wide receiver still left on the board. So robust running back strategy in terms of going back-to-back running backs, then a receiver, and then a running back again it is something that's on the table here for me. We have McCaffrey right now. The running backs that are still left on the board, running backs that I'm seeing currently on the board, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson, Jonathan Taylor. Those are my best available running backs left right now. And man, oh man, they're all a tier below what I want, right? Any of the running backs were taken before that, right before that, really. Kenyon Drake, Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb. Those are all guys I would have pulled the trigger on very quickly here. Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon in that order are my best available. I don't feel 100% great about any of those guys. I would say that Leonard Fournette and Todd Gurley is a coin flip for me right now. I know a lot of people are very low on Leonard Fournette this season. I mean, depending on where I take him, it's either the third or the second or the second round here, the end of the second, beginning of the third. Uh, but I do like both of these guys relative to what their ceilings are. Now there's a chance that right here, I can just go Gurley and Fournette, get three running backs in a row, pass on Kenny Galladay, who I think is a top five receiver left on the board. And I think I'm tempted to do that. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to draft Todd Gurley to end the second round. No real threat of a competition in his backfield. I mean, you want to tell me Quadre Olson, Brian Hill, or Ito Smith is a threat to Todd Gurley on a one-year contract where he's probably just going to be fed as much as he could possibly take. He's going to have every opportunity in the world. So I'll go Todd Gurley there. He is now off the board. Leonard Fournette is my best available running back. Then it goes Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson. I do like Jonathan Taylor. Taking Jonathan Taylor to start the third round is a stretch for me. I really do not think he'll be back again at the end of the fourth round, sadly. So now it's between Leonard Fournette, who is my running back 16, but again, running back scarcity here, or we start to get to the wide receivers. I'm not even going to look at quarterback or tight end. I don't care. The wide receivers that are left are my fifth overall wide receiver in Kenny Galladay, ninth overall in Odell, and my 10th overall in Mike Evans. So a lot of wide receivers left. Of course, the position is deep. The main decision point here is Kenny Galladay and start off with two running backs and a receiver, or just load up on all three running backs right now and grab Leonard Fournette. I would say that Leonard Fournette has definitely a lot more question marks around his name than Kenny Galladay does. The decision that I'm going to make here is going to go to Leonard Fournette. So I start with the strategy of going three running backs there. Kenny Galladay, that's a really hard pass. I'm getting Galladay in almost all my drafts because of how high I have him ranked relative to consensus, but I'll end up going to a man 
in Leonard Fournette there. And boy, oh boy, I think we got the dream turn here. Holy cow. Okay. So look at all the receivers that just went off the board. The yellow right now is receivers. So Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay doesn't start to go off the board until midway through the third. Odell at the end of the third round. So let me take all these guys off the board, but I'm seeing a guy's name on there who now is making me regret actually taking the guy that I ended up just taking because Jonathan Taylor is still on the board here. And we have a pick at the fourth and the fifth round. He's going to be one of my picks. So we're going to start with four out of our first five picks or four in a row, potentially being running backs. And then I'm going to start to nail some of these receivers. So I'm honestly shocked at how many running backs are left. Like if I knew that this was going to happen in this expert consensus rankings, I would have went to Kenny Galladay here and got my top end wide receiver because now look at the running backs left on the board. This normally doesn't happen, but Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Jonathan Taylor, James Conner. And I'm really high on Jonathan Taylor. I'm fine with Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon. I actually have them both ranked higher than Jonathan Taylor here. Like Le'Veon Bell right now, as you're running back four or running back three, if you were to go wide receiver with your third pick, looks really, really good. The wide receivers that we have left on the board, not interested in quarterback or tight end yet. Tyler Lockett, T.Y. Hilton, Stefan Diggs, A.J. Green, D.J. Shark. These are still names that I like. And then it obviously gets into that really strong mid-range of wide receiver two options. Man, maybe an early regret for me now that I actually see what happened. Hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. It's a sunk cost fallacy. You really didn't know what you actually had, so there's no point in, in letting that weigh on you. But now that I'm sitting here, why not just go four running backs? If you draft four running backs in a row, you're done. You don't have to draft again until later on. The running backs on the board right now are, are elite, in my opinion. Le'Veon Bell, Jonathan Taylor. I have Le'Veon Bell as my 18th overall running back. Melvin Gordon as my 17th. Jonathan Taylor as my 21st overall running back. Now, this is what I'm looking at. Christian McCaffrey is stability. Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette, in my opinion, are stability. Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon would fit the tier of Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette veterans who are going to offer you stability in some sort of touches, maybe not Melvin Gordon with a little more uncertainty. So I'm going to actually end up going Jonathan Taylor here with my fourth pick to end that round. And then we'll snag our first receiver right here to start the fifth round. The reason I go Jonathan Taylor there is because, well, I already have stability. Jonathan Taylor, in my opinion, might not touch the ball for the first four weeks. That's fine. I don't have to play him or I can put him in the flex because I got three running backs ahead of him. Come the second half of the season, or maybe even as soon as week three or week four, but definitely the second half of the season, in my opinion, there might not be five better running backs in the league than Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line with the type of game flows that they'll likely be in. And I think he's going to be a better pass catcher than a lot of people think. So we started four running backs in a row. I actually don't hate it. I tweeted out the other day that I'm fine going four running backs in a row. I'm warming up to it because look, there's not a lot of running backs in general. Once you don't take a running back in the third or fourth round, if you start two running backs and then don't take one until round five or six, there's not much much left on the board. This draft is pretty unique in terms of all the receivers that went off the board here. It's just one point PBR. So I'm kind of interested to see that. But in the fifth round, we're going to get our first wide receiver. Let's see what's still left on the clock. So in round five right now, I have Stefan Diggs and Tyler Lockett pretty much back to back as my best available wide receivers. And we get into T.Y. Hilton. A.J. Brown is off the clock. So is Terry McLaurin. So this is going to be pretty simple for me between Stefan Diggs and Tyler Lockett. I have Tyler Lockett as my 19th ranked wide receiver. I have Stefan Diggs currently at least as my 17th ranked wide receiver. I'm going to end up going to, I like both of these guys. I'm really high on DK Metcalf. So that usually leads me to not take Lockett as much. I'm going to end up going to Stefan Diggs here as my wide receiver one. So the draft starts off with McCaffrey. Love that. Todd Gurley and Fournette. I think those are very strong pieces. Jonathan Taylor for the upside. Now I'm done at running back. Like this is a 16 or 17 overall team. I think there's six, seven bench spots and then all your, your overall pieces, no defense or kicker going to be up, add up to like nine pieces. So uh, this is overall like 16 roster spots for 16 to 18. So I'm about to just load up on receivers. I took four running backs in a row. At this point, I'm probably about to take four wide receivers to five wide receivers in a row before getting my later round tight end before getting my late round QBs. So I'm back on the clock right now. I'm in a position to just keep piling on some wide receivers. My best available wide receiver, there's two. They're back-to-back, not back-to-back in my rankings, but back-to-back left on the board is Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks on the exact same team. I have Will Fuller as my 30th overall receiver. I have Brandon Cooks as my wide receiver 33. At this point, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Will Fuller. I now have another pick 
Do I want to go back-to-back picks at this point with both of the Houston wide receivers? Uh, Something to point out, Cam Akers is still on the board here to start the seventh round. I already have four running backs. I just can't go. You have two running backs in a flex spot here. I'd end up loading up on running backs and having five running backs in my first eight picks. But just like Jonathan Taylor, how I feel like he could be a lead in a top 10 and a league winner, I think Cam Akers can do the same thing. Sketchy offensive line, but no competition can come right in and start getting 15 to 16 touches off the bat with 20 20 touch upside based on his college profile and Akers. I like that. I'm personally going to have to pass on it based on the running backs that I've already locked up and loaded on. So at this point, I'm going to go right back to the well to another Houston receiver and go to Brandon Cooks. I'm fine doing that. I don't love the idea that there is going to be a target share split with some of the slot receivers. They paid Cobb. They still have to pay Kenny Stills this year. But we get both of those guys. We get the outside threats there. Still Deshaun Watson throwing the ball. One of the best deep ball throwers in the league. Ranked eighth overall in deep ball accuracy last year for two guys who thrive on deep balls and Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. Brandon Cook suffered last year because of the bad offensive line play for the Rams, so his lowest yards per reception and yards per target of his career, not because of his fault, because Jared Goff had no time to throw, and when he did have time to throw, he was inaccurate because he was pressured. So I'm now back on the clock in the eighth round, got the back-to-back picks, four running backs and three receivers. What I'm quickly learning is that when you go up against the expert consensus rankings, They're not the exact same as mine, but they're much sharper than doing just any other mock drafts or best ball drafts because guys like Deontay Johnson just went in the seventh round. I thought I was reaching on Deontay Johnson by taking him in the ninth round of drafts. He just got reached on in the seventh round. Something that's interesting though is running backs like Cam Akers just slid into the eighth round. Some other things that are a little bit interesting to me is Dak Prescott went at the end of the seventh round. He was like the sixth or seventh quarterback off the board. That's a little bit interesting. I would say that that's very, very late in my opinion. In terms of the expert consensus rankings, you saw running backs dropping a little bit more than usual. I don't actually think this is going to happen once the season starts and you're drafting against real people because the expert consensus rankings are just probably going to take best available at some point in the draft, whereas positional scarcity is a real thing. So Chris Carson falling to the middle of the fourth round, that might be realistic. Le'Veon Bell falling to the end of the fifth round, in my opinion. I'm not too sure that that's really that realistic. You have James Conner, the last pick of the fifth round. I haven't seen that all that much in 12-team drafts, maybe in 10-team in drafts, but not 12. So interesting there. Got the four running backs, feel solid about that. Stefan Diggs, Will Fuller, and Brandon Cooks. I don't think they're terrible receivers. I think that two of those three guys clearly has wide receiver one upside. Definitely Stefan Diggs in his offense and one of those two guys, Will in Houston. So I think we just loaded up in a different way by getting another wide receiver one, taking both the Houston guys. But now I'm left on the clock. I still want to get wide receivers at this point. My best overall running back on the board is Darius Geis. I think he's still available, which is pretty shocking to me that in the ninth round, the end of the eighth round, start of the ninth round, he's still on the board. So I do like that. My best available wide receiver is Christian Kirk. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Christian Kirk here. We're going to go four wide receivers in a row. So Christian Kirk, everybody just thinks that he's not going to be good now. He's not going to see 100 targets or flirt with 100 plus targets at this point. Um, I, I don't I don't see why. DeAndre Hopkins is there since when has players changing teams at the wide receiver position gone good or h- historically, how has that gone immediately perfect to the point where they're seeing 160 plus targets? I don't think that's going to happen. Give DeAndre Hopkins 140 targets. Fine. I don't think that's going to knock Christian Kirk and clearly knocks Larry Fitzgerald and anybody else in this passing offense. Christian Kirk is still an absolute stud in my opinion. He started to break out and now he doesn't have to see double coverages when DeAndre Hopkins sees them. Yeah, I like that a lot for a guy who is due for some touchdown regression. So we started four running backs. We now went four receivers. If I'm just looking, Darius Geis is my best available player. I mean, I'm in a position where I can take him. We're at the beginning of the ninth round now, and there's still a lot of quarterbacks left. I don't feel the need to go quarterback here. I think overall, like Josh Allen is still left at this point. Maybe you go there just because there's such a good quarterback left on the board, but I'm seeing Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones, Big Ben, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, lots of big names left on the clock. Uh, Josh Allen finished sixth overall last year. He's my sixth quarterback this year. 
I am pretty shocked to still see him on the board here in the ninth round. I might pull the trigger on him in a 12-man league. Let's see what's on the board at tight end. Lots of good tight ends left with Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby, Austin Hooper. I'm not really big on Hooper, but Hayden Hurst. I don't feel the need to go there. I think a tight end run is probably coming. But once you miss some of the big guys, like, yes, Tyler Higby and Hayden Hurst have breakout upside. If I end up getting them at the 10th pick and one of them are still there, I'll take it. But for right now, I think quarterback's deep enough. I'll pass on Josh Allen. I think tight end is deep enough to just keep loading up on wide receivers and running backs. I've taken eight, four and four. The best running back I've left is Darius Geis. I think he has a ton of upside if he stays healthy. I think he has upside to be a league winner, a top 10 running back, or at least a top 20, top 15 running back. And he's going off the board outside the top 30 running backs right now. So I'm going to go Darius Geis just to quickly look what's left at wide receiver. John Brown, I believe is my best available wide receiver, but he's not really somebody I want to take. And I'd have both bills and both Texans receivers. So Anthony Miller does stand out to me. We're strong at running back. We're Eh, or eh, I guess it's the best way to put it at wide receiver right now. So taking Anthony Miller could be interesting here, or I can just keep loading up the next time that we come around on wide receivers, uh, solidifying running back with Darius Geis. The importance factor I would say is getting another receiver here. Darius Geis does have upside. Um, I'm going to take Darius Geis. If this was a real season, now I'm in a pretty good position to trade one of these guys. I've got five elite running backs, or, or let's just say three four strong running backs, four top 20 running backs in my team. And Darius Geis, I have ranked as my 27th overall running back. So I think that we're really set there. I need to start taking a tight end. I need to take a quarterback and then start to get a lot of wide receiver help later in this draft, where I think there's a lot of upside. So it's come back around to me at the end of the 10th round. And then the first pick in the 11th round turn, I need a quarterback. I could use a tight end and there's still good quarterbacks left on the board, but I think I'm going to pull one. There's still tight ends left on the board here. 10th round, we still have Evan Ingram has fallen. Um, so I'm going to take Evan Ingram here because he's still on the clock. So is Tyler Higby. Guys like Hayden Hurst are still there. I'll take Evan Ingram. He falls to the 10th round. It's hard not to at that point. So I'll get my first tight end and I'll also get a quarterback here in the 11th round because I think we're about to see a big run on quarterbacks. My best available quarterback on the board is a guy that I want to draft in Matthew Stafford, my 12th overall ranked. So I get my tight end and my quarterback. I likely take a backup quarterback. Not sure I'll take a backup tight end. We'll see what my team ends up looking like, but I like where we're at right now. Got my late round tight end, ended up falling Kevin Ingram. So I think that's a pretty big steal for us. If we don't have the strongest of wide receivers, we at least have a strong tight end, a strong quarterback, in my opinion, a QB one based on my rankings and then very strong running backs. Let's just analyze what happened before I make my next picks here. Lots of running backs and wide receivers went off the board after my pick of Darius Geis. Not a single tight end was taken. That's why Evan Ingram fell. And only Josh Allen, who was the outlier on the board at quarterback, was still there. So pretty interesting. All the other running backs pretty much got cleaned up. Like right now, I'm sitting here in the 12th round. My best available running back, well, before these rounds just went off, was Jordan Howard at my last pick. Now he's off the board. I'll talk about my best available after I make my next two picks. Pretty much all the running backs went off the board. Like you can start to see all the running backups are going off the board in Latavius Murray. Carry on. Damian Williams probably in a split. Same thing with Ronald Jones. But guys like AJ Dillon, Jordan Howard's now gone. Daryl Henderson, Justin Jackson, like pretty clear backups, maybe even third string guys. Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, Boston Scott. So now you're in the 12th round. You need to get running backs early. Luckily for me, I've got four top 20 running backs. And in my opinion, five borderline top 25s with Darius Geis as my 27th overall. So there was a few places that I was a little bit upset with the pick that went right before me, mainly just Anthony Miller. He went like four picks before me. I wanted a wide receiver at my following pick and ended up just taking Evan Ingram because he fell. And then Matt Stafford just to get a QB because it was the 11th round and why wait for another 23 picks to go around where he could potentially go off the board. So Anthony Miller, Justin Jefferson is my number one ranked rookie wide receiver. He went off the board at the 10.05 fifth pick of the 10th round. So right now I want to get a couple of wide receivers. I got my five running backs. 
got four wide receivers, got a tight end, and got a quarterback. So you got back-to-back picks here. I think I'm going to go back-to-back wide receivers, and let's see what we have available to us. So my highest-ranked wide receiver left on the board is Nikhil Harry, my wide receiver 52. It makes it an easy decision for me. Running backs left on the board, there's really nothing left. It's like Zach Moss, Anthony McFarlane, some rookies that might flash them upside, uh, might have some roles in their offense clearly don't need any more running backs at this point. So Nikhil Harry, Denzel Mims, and Alan Lazard are my best available wide receivers. I'm going to go to Nikhil Harry here to start this one off. He's going to be my fifth wide receiver. Now I have another quick pick. I don't really need a quarterback. Just got Matt Stafford. I'm fine taking him back up in my next runaround. I'll also mention that there's no defenses or kickers in this specific draft. So that's why you're going to see just the depth charts thin out a little bit. Normally, maybe a kicker or two, a defense or two starts to go off the board in these 13th, 14th rounds. Some fish take them, not with their last pick. That's not going to happen. There's no opportunity to because there's not actually available kickers or defenses. So now I'm faced with a decision of Alan Lazard or Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims has the opportunity to be a wide receiver one. Alan Lazard will never have the opportunity to be a wide receiver one unless Devontae Adams get hurt. And if that's the case, their offense is not going to move the ball enough to make Alan Lazard viable. So Lazard's my wide receiver 59. I'm very high on Denzel Mims. He's my wide receiver 55. You're banking on at this point. I've had to make this decision a couple times. You're banking on a worse quarterback in Sam Darnold than Rodgers at this point in their careers without question. And at that point, you're also banking on the fact that maybe Denzel Mims gets more volume and then he's just maybe more talented. So worst quarterback, but maybe more talented. The late second round pick fell in the draft a little bit. I think I'll stick with Alan Lazard here. Although I have Denzel Mims ranked higher, Alan Lazard just a proven player. With all the stuff that happened this offseason, it's going to be hard for a lot of rookies to get right caught up to speed. Usually takes them four to eight weeks to get up caught up to speed anyways with the real life speed in the NFL games. So I'm going to go Alan Lazard, somebody who uh, ended up posting a nice catch percentage on some difficult targets last year. So let's end up going to and getting our man Alan Lazard here. He will be our wide receiver six. So the clock just went back around. Tight ends came off the board. No offense of the world. Ian Thomas's, Dallas Goddard's, Blake Jarwin's. Denzel Mims was the next receiver to go after Alan Lazard. So it was pretty close and you could see that based on that. Some more quarterbacks went. Daniel Jones is a top 15 guy for me, my 14th ranked overall. Baker, he's also right around that position as well as Big Ben. They all go off the board. And then just a streak of bad running backs in the 14th round. But this is what you got to deal with if you don't draft four in a row like I did, which is extreme. But this is what you have to deal with. You have to get Jamal Williams, Ryquell, right? Guys in Devontae Freeman, who's not even on a team. Edo Smith, who might be the third or fourth string on his team. He keeps falling down the depth chart. Jarek McKinnon, who who knows what his role is at this point. So yeah, you can see there's a lot of uncertainty there. The 14th pick, right now I have six receivers, five running backs, a tight end, and a quarterback. I currently have six. I have three more draft picks left. I'm going to go with another receiver because I'm already loaded at running back. At this point, I don't have to waste the running back pick on Frank Gore, right? That's not going to give anything for me. Adrian Peterson, Giovanni Bernard, Joshua Kelly, I think is still on the clock as well as Darrington Evans. Those are rookie running backs that maybe at some point, depending on an injury, depending on if Joshua Kelly can beat out Justin Jackson, might have a role, but I just don't need to do that with my depth right now. So with three picks left, I'm going to get a quarterback. Maybe I'll go with a second tight end just since we have the depth and I'm going to definitely get a receiver. So let's see what's still on the board at wide receiver. Looking at my wide receiver rankings, my best available wide receiver is Brandon Ayuk. And then I also have Paris Campbell very, very close. I like both of these players, Brandon Ayuk, the rookie taken in the first round uh, by the San Francisco 49ers. I think I'm going to go Brandon Ayuk. He's my 65th overall wide receiver. He would be my seventh wide receiver right now. I think we're loading up on what I would say is actually quality players, maybe not the best situations, but quality players and a quantity of them. So I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk here, the rookie. I like the upside in the 14th round of him. We now have seven receivers, five running backs, 
a tight end and a quarterback with two picks left in this draft. Do I want to go with a tight end and a quarterback and just end it up? Maybe pick up a guy like Paris Campbell on the waivers. Don't need to end up drafting him. Russell Gage is still on the clock. Um, no real running backs at this point. Don't want to burn a pick on any of these rookies. We can just probably pick them up on waivers. In the 15th round, I'll look what's on the board at tight end. I'll look what's on the board at quarterback. Some really good tight ends. TJ Hawkinson, John Ruth Smith, Chris Herndon, who I'm high on right now. I mean, my best available tight end on the clock is 16th overall TJ Hawkinson for me. Then 17th overall is Chris Herndon quarterbacks left on the clock, Jared Goff, Joe Burrow. Those are two top 20 quarterbacks in my rankings, as well as the overall ADP here, as you can see on fantasy pros in this corner, Philip Rivers is still on the clock. So lots of quarterbacks left as well as my quarterback too, with guys like Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke still there. I don't have to take one here. I'm either going to go Chris Herndon or um, to Paris Campbell. I think I'll just go Herndon, just get the backup tight end. I think Chris Herndon has top 10 tight end upside. He flashed that in 2018. We just didn't get to see it last year because he was suspended and then he was injured and he came back for like 10 snaps or whatever it was and had two targets and then got injured for the rest of the season and was shut down. So the clock goes back around. I have the last pick of the overall draft, Mr. Irrelevant it's going to be. It's likely going to be a backup quarterback. Let's see what quarterbacks went off the board since my last pick. Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy G, Joe Burrow. So there's still a good amount of quarterbacks left on the clock. Jared Goff, Philip Rivers. My highest ranked is Jared Goff, 16th overall in my rankings, which will be out shortly. And then Philip Rivers, 18th overall. Uh, Joe Burrow still there at 20th overall. I'm just going to take Goff to close the draft out. Get my backup quarterback. Got a backup tight end. So let's just see the team right here. And they were nice enough, uh, fantasy pros, to give us an A, a 93 out of 100. So if you watched to this point and you were thinking this was a terrible draft, and I wasn't feeling too great about it until we really picked it up with those wide receiver picks and a four in a row, I felt good about that. Matthew Stafford, top 12 quarterback for me. Got him in like the 11th round. Love that. Obviously, McCaffrey, we like. We started with the four running backs who were four of my top 20 ranked. Christian McCaffrey, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, and then we get Jonathan Taylor, who, sure, let him sit on the bench for the first three weeks of the season if he's splitting with Marlon Mack. But come week six, come week five, come the final half of the season, he's going to be tearing up the league, in my opinion. He's going to be every single week, week in and week out, an RB1 ranked in the top 12 based on the matchup, based on the offensive line that he has and the offense that he's in. And then we loaded up on some quantity and quality wide receivers. No elite guys, but I'm fine with that because we got stability at quarterback. We got stability with a late tight end pick in Evan Ingram with the upside backup in Chris Herndon. And then wide receiver, that's what you do. When you don't get the elite wide receivers, you only draft five running backs and then you load up on wide receiver. I took seven wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks were my first three, took the back-to-back guys on Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, and then the bench is loaded with guys who have talent and upside and are younger players entering into maybe the peak of their career with a Christian Kirk entering his third year, a Nikhil Harry, former first-round pick, entering his second year, getting him so late with all the talent profile he had coming out of college, Alan Lazard now entering into another year in the league for himself, I believe his third year, if I remember correctly, with Aaron Rodgers, a rookie in Brandon Ayuk. So there's a lot of upside here on the bench, a lot of younger players who are potentially taking that step forward, entering in their rookie second or third years. So I like the fact that we have seven wide receivers. We have three veterans and Brandon Cook, Fuller, and Stefan Diggs, who have good quarterbacks throwing them the ball, in my opinion, in Josh Allen and in Deshaun Watson, primarily Watson. Then you go to the bench and you have solid quarterback play with Jimmy G in terms of his accuracy, Aaron Rodgers. You have Christian Kirk paired with Kyler Murray. And then the only question mark is really Nikhil Harry when he has Jared Stidham. And everybody's writing off Jared Stidham. And I've said this in a lot of my videos. Look, if Jared Stidham's the worst quarterback in the league, I got Nikhil Harry in like the 12th round, whatever, who cares at that point? But if he's not, and he's average, and Nikhil Harry is now a borderline top 30, top 25 wide receiver, and I drafted him as like the wide receiver 60 overall, now I'm feeling really good at that point 
especially since I went heavy running back to start this thing up. But we got an A based on fantasy draft, uh, wizard, whatever their, their thing is right here. They're grading a 93 out of 100. We'll take that A by the skin of our teeth. I think it was an A 92 and a half. I think is the borderline if I remember from college. But anyways, thank you for tuning into this video. Let me know what you think of my draft. You can see it right here on the board. I feel really good about it. We got Jared Goff in the last round. Some guys fell. The running backs went a little bit later because of the expert consensus ranking, probably favoring some tight ends a little bit more than some running backs and also wide receivers at some points in the draft. So let me know what you think about this. Let me know if you have any recommendations for future content. I like this video. This is the draft from the first round overall spot, the first pick. This is the draft that you get in a PPR format, 12 team snake draft, shuffling it through redraft format. So thank you so much. My name's Sal. Hit the like button before you go. Smash that subscribe button. Big old one just popped up on the screen and I will see you all in the next one. Get into the discord. Come ask questions. Come chat with the community. Thank you so much once again. See you all in the next one. Stay safe out there, everybody. And peace out, gang.